Well, I tell you, it is really great to be with everyone here today. Hey, welcome if you're new. Uh, my name is Mark, if we've never met. And uh, hey, before I get rolling, I just need to, to talk more about what's already been talked about uh, in our service today, but I'm just so excited about it. And that is this new series that we're starting, Is God Fake News? And I've been excited about this thing for about six months now when we finally decided, hey, this is what we're going to do. And so I just want to reiterate, if you know someone who's an atheist or an agnostic, or maybe one time they had faith and maybe they just fell away or walked away and they probably had really good reasons uh, for doing that, I want to encourage you to invite them, share this with them. Here, here you even hear this. You can bribe them. You bribe them if you want. You can say, you know, I'll buy you lunch or I'll buy you dinner, you know, and then you, or you can even say, hey, you come and Mark, he's going to buy you lunch or buy you dinner and you'd be bribing and lying, but that's all right. You get him here. And uh, I think it'll be really well worth it if you do. And so, hey, I hope you'll come next week. It's going to be a great series, not only for them, but I think you're going to find if you, if you already follow Jesus, there's just going to be a lot in here. And so as we kick that off, come with a friend next week as we kick off Is God Fake News? But before we get there, we are wrapping up our series called Unleashed, and as we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, uh, as we move into the fall and kind of this next, uh, next season for us, we thought it'd be great just to take a couple of weeks and just align ourselves, spiritually speaking. And so throughout this series, what we've been doing is we've been talking about some ways that, that God is unleashed more, not just in our own lives, but can be unleashed in our, unleashed in our church and in this great community that we live in. Now, two weeks ago when we kicked it off, I talked about one of the ways that God has unleashed in our lives, and that is through the practice of prayer. And at the end of, the, at the end of that week, if, if you weren't here, I, I actually issued something that, that we've never done here before as a church, and that we, we called it just the 21 days of prayer. That for 21 straight days, we were going to have a, a time of intentional, focused prayer. And what was really cool is I challenged everybody. I said, okay, I want you to, to text prayer to this number. And then uh, the next day, everybody would just get a, a, a certain text, something to pray for, and this would go on for 21 straight days. Now, little did I know, over a thousand people will have taken part. And let me just say, I am so proud of all of you who have taken this step. And, uh, and let me just tell you something. It is working. You know, it's working. And here's how I know. Aaron Rodgers was miraculously healed at <laughs> halftime. And I know some of you, some of you... I'm not clapping. I'm not clapping for that. I just want to let you know I'm not clapping because my team tied the Browns. All right? So it's not working for me. It's not. <clears throat> I'm praying against you who, who said that. But I'm telling you, it, it's, it's great to see people engage with this. And listen, if you have not stepped in, hey, I want to encourage you, it's never too late. You'll just, your 21 days will start, start tomorrow. So text prayer into that number and just jump on board. Just really proud of all you've done that. Then, then last week, I uh, did something a little different. I did something that I always wanted to do, but never just kind of had maybe had the courage to do it. And I had coffee with everybody. And uh, in, in having coffee with everybody, I gave my here's what I want for you talk. And uh, I talked about four things that I want, not just for you, uh, but, but for all of us as well. And in these four things, uh, if we start to engage in them or engage in them more for some of us, uh, our faith will grow, uh, whether we think we have a little faith right now or, or a lot. So if you've missed any of the last couple weeks, you've missed a lot. So I want to encourage you to download our app or you can go on our website and you can watch or listen to the message. Now, today, as we wrap it up, I want to talk about uh, one of the most important ways that God grows our faith. And even if you're here and you would say you're not a religious person or you're not a church person, you know, uh, this is not a religious thing. Uh, this is a people thing. So this is very true of you as well. Today, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the power 
of community. And when I say community, I want to just talk about the power of relationships and connections and how God is released through those. A couple weeks ago, we had our annual fried food party in our neighborhood. And uh, what our annual fried food party is, is get a bunch of houses in our neighborhood, and we all just kind of converge on one household. And from two in the afternoon until the last heart clog, we just eat fried food all day long. And so Donna, uh, my, my wife Donna and me, and our daughter Ellie, so we, we go to the one house that's having the fried food party. And it was just really cool. You kinda, you, we went to the back backyard and have all these yards that are kind of connected with each other in our neighborhood. And so we go in the backyard, and there's just this long table, and it's got all this fried food in it. And uh, what was interesting about the fried food, I mean, it had kind of the basic stuff. It had, you know, it had the fried meats and vegetables and bananas and all stuff. But man, they had things like fried pizza and lasagna, fried Oreos. Never had a fried Oreo before. They had fried PB&J Crustables, all right? And then they even had fried Twinkies at this thing, you know? And so we all got back, and we got together in the back there, and then all the neighbors are there, and we're just kind of catching up. We're eating fried food, you know, just kind of kind of stuffing ourselves, and the kids are running around all over the place, and, you know, it's great catching up because it's like, hey, you know, uh, what you've been doing and this doing, and oh, you're, I mean, your son is already going into this grade, you know, and all this stuff. And so we did this for a couple hours. Well, after a couple hours, then the bags come out. Now, in our, in our neighborhood... When the bags come out, it gets really competitive, and we have certain teams, and then we have a tournament, you know, and so the, you know, the trash talking and the insults start coming, which is always great when you see people trying to insult a pastor, you know? And so they're like, they're like, you rev, and I'm like, take that back, take it back, you know, all that stuff. And so, you know, we did that for a while. Well, unfortunately, uh, at around 9 o'clock, uh, my, my back issues uh, started to kind of come up again, you know, because when we play bags, it's really physical. And so uh, uh, back issues came up. So I had to go home early. And, uh, and, and then, well, Donna and Ellie, they came home about 90 minutes uh, after me. And so Donna and I are just kind of sitting up in our room, and we're just talking about the night, you know, and, and we're laughing about it and talking stories, and we got to see so-and-so and all that stuff. And here's the thing that, that Donna and I, we, we've been saying this for a while is that, you know, we would never move out of our, we would never sell our house. And if we wouldn't sell our house, not because of the neighborhood, but because of the neighbors in the neighborhood. You see, times like that remind me of this, that life is just better together. You know, it's, it's great to, it was great for me to be outside. It was great for me to eat fried Oreos and all that stuff. But, you know, what made it special wasn't where it was who we were with that made it special. And, you know, we just know this. Life is just better when we're doing it together. You know, I know people who uh, they'll get together, you know, almost every day in the morning or at night, and uh, they'll meet at the gym, and they're just meeting with the common purpose of they're just trying to get in shape or they're trying to stay in shape, and they just realize, you know, it's just better when I'm doing it with someone else. You know, I know people who are part of, of groups and are part of clubs. You know, maybe it's a, a fantasy football, you know, fantasy football league, or maybe it's a book club or boating club, fishing, wine club, whatever it may be. And they'll just say, you know, those gatherings, it just, you know, doing those things, it's just so much more fun and fulfilling doing it together. Life is just better together. This is why you never see someone win an all-expense-paid trip for one. Why? Because even traveling... It is so much better together. And all of us here have an experience where we, we met someone and we had a shared experience or a, shame, a shared interest as they did. In fact, the word community actually means this. It actually means shared in common. 
And that shared in common experience creates a very powerful connection. That is why life is just better together. Now, if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, we believe that this isn't by accident. That we actually believe this is by design by the one who designed us. In fact, we believe that community is so much a part of how, of, of how we're made that we believe in this principle. We cannot achieve our full personal and spiritual potential apart from it. You know, we, me, we is you. You know, when I say personal, I mean the best version of ourselves. You know, spiritual potential that, that we can't really know and follow God and experience the, the life in him without it. You see, we cannot achieve our full personal and spiritual potential apart from it, which means this, and this is, you know, for some of us, this is what makes it so hard, is this. We all need the help of others. Now, to show you why this is, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. If you don't, it's going to be on the screens uh, behind me here. Now, if, the, well, the great thing about the book of Genesis is that it's the easiest one to find because it is the very first book in all the Bible. Now, the, the book of Genesis, we're not sure who wrote the book of Genesis. Many people think Moses may have written the book of Genesis. But even though we don't know who wrote it, we see that very early on that, that, that the writer of Genesis was trying to give the readers of his letter a glimpse into the very identity of God. And, and, and with that, his identity in all of us. And as we're going to see with all this, this is, we understand why community is an essential part of our lives. Now, uh, in the very beginning of the book of Genesis, we read what is called the creation narrative. Now, for some of you who, who you know, maybe don't believe in the Bible, not a Christian, you're like, well, I don't believe that it was that way. Listen, that's okay. You can still follow this as, as we go through it. And you're going to see why in just a minute. Now, right from the beginning... We're going to see that as the, as, as the, from, from the very beginning of this letter that the, the writer of Genesis is trying to tell us some very interesting information about God. And so he says this. He says, Then God said, Let us make mankind, humanity, in our image, in our likeness. Now what's interesting is that God doesn't use singular descriptions. He doesn't say, Let me make you know, humanity in my image to be like me. So the question is, okay, why is that? And who is us? And wasn't God alone at this time? Well, what the writer of Genesis wants us to know is that God has never done life alone. You know, even before uh, humanity was created, we see that God was in community. Now the question is, well, who was he of community with? Well, here's who he's with communi in community with. Trinity. Trinity. See, Christians believe that God is Trinity. And let me put this chart up here, this little diagram up here. When I say Trinity, it means this. There's one God in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are and always have been in community with one another, in perfect love, in perfect relationship with one another. And one without the other makes everything incomplete when it comes to the Trinity. So we see early on that the writer of Genesis let us know that the very core of who God is, the very core of his identity is community, is connection, is relationship, is love. Now let's go back to this verse again. It says, then, then God said, let us make humanity in our image, in our likeness. And so the writer of Genesis says is that we are made in the very image of God. 
In other words, just as at the very core of who God is, is community and, and relationships and connection, he made us in the very same way. It's why we need relationship, we need community. Now, this was such a big deal for, for the writer of Genesis that when he's recording how God made things, he's saying, he's saying, okay, God made the stars and the moon, and he said, it's good. And then he makes the plants and the animals, and he says, it's good. And then he makes the very first person, and he says, it is really good. But it doesn't take, real, it doesn't take a whole lot of time for God to begin to look at his creation, and he begins to think, you know what? Something's not really right about this whole deal. And the writer of Genesis records it, says this. It says, then the Lord God said, it's not good. And this word means it is really, really bad. Really, really bad. It is not good for the man to be alone. Now, the, the, the first person, uh, man, is, is Adam. And what's kind of cool is when you read this narrative, uh, sometimes this is kind of missed, but the writer of Genesis is letting us know that God has a sense of humor. And so God looks at Adam, and uh, he realizes he's alone, and he says, you know what, Adam, I created all these animals, I created them for you, why don't you help me name them? And so Adam kind of helps him name all the animals, you know, and I wonder, you know, who came up with the name Mosquito? It was Adam, you know? And so, you know, he helps him name him, and then it's funny, it's like, it's like hey, God goes, hey, Adam, what do you think? And Adam goes, ah, I mean, I know, you know, dogs are supposed to be man's best friend, but this is just not enough for me. And so for the sake of Adam's aloneness and isolation, he creates another human being. Now, I know for some of you, like I said, you know, you kind of read this and you go, well, I don't really believe in the Bible and I, I'm skeptical about this whole thing. But here's the thing. I want you to think about your own life experience for, the, for a minute. And, and just let me ask you this question. Have the greatest moments in your life happened when you were alone? Now, Unless, you know, you have two, to two or three toddlers at home and you're thinking, yes, you know, those were. But, you know, let's, but take that out for a minute. You know, just think about the greatest moments of your life. I mean, you just experienced the, mo the most joy. I mean, let's be honest. There were other people involved. You know, think about the time, uh, you know, you, you had your first baby and, uh, you know, you, you brought that first baby home. Or for some of you, it was an adoption, you know, and the adoption went through. You know, for some, uh, you play competitive sports, and you have all these great memories uh, for, from being on that team. And you, what is a team? A team is just a community of people. You know, for some of you, it was college. Now, some of you are like, I don't even remember college. But listen, I get that. Even if you don't remember college, okay, even if you don't remember most of it, what is college? The great thing about college, is, for many of us, it's the first time we experienced real community outside of our immediate family, even though for many of us, we made some bad decisions there. You know, if anyone knew, if anyone knew how we were made and what we needed, it was Jesus. And it's why he handpicked 12 guys to, to just build deep relationships with. And these guys, they became so close, they were like family with one another. And he even took those 12 guys, and he even took it a step further with three of them, and he just got closer with them. And they were Peter, James, and John. Now, why would Jesus even do this? Because Jesus knew this, that we cannot achieve our full personal and spiritual potential apart from, without community. Now, this is why our greatest spiritual growth happens in community. That our greatest spiritual growth happens when we surround ourselves with the right people. 
You know, the right people being, these are the people that we have allowed access into our life, that these are the ones that they are allowed to challenge us and encourage us and inspire us in, in our faith journey. This is why for me, one of my favorite verses is this, and this is written by King Solomon, and he says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person, you know, so, so one man, so one woman, so one student sharpens, literally means to make better. So one person makes the other person better. And so if, we're gonna, if you're going to really grow in your faith journey, this same principle applies to you because, because community really is God's primary way to help us grow. Now, earlier I said, you know, if you weren't a Christian, uh, this, this is true of you. And you know what? It, it really is. I, uh, I've had the, the opportunity to lead a bunch of small groups uh, throughout the years and uh, uh, I've led many small groups that had a mix of people who were following Jesus and people who were just like, no, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a part of this group and all that stuff. And, uh, and, 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 you know, talking with people who weren't following Jesus in this group and, you know, once they felt comfortable, it was great to hear the reasons why that they weren't. And, uh, and they were always very good reasons. I have questions, I have doubts, and why did this happen and all that stuff. And I can't tell you how many times. We'd be like eight, nine weeks into it. And then uh, someone who, who wasn't following Jesus, they would say, oh, yeah, babe, by the way, I just want to let everybody know. And they were like, they were like hey, I, I became a follower of Jesus. And it was like so matter of a fact, and I, I did it this week. And then like going on to the next thing, we were like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, you made a decision to follow Jesus. What about the question that you had? Well, it didn't matter anymore. Well, how, how were you able to make the decision? And, you know, with just, just time and time again, I heard people say, well, it was just being around everyone I realized that I had as much in common with them, and that's all I needed. You see, this is why our best spiritual growth happens in community, because it is how we are made. Now, if that's true, the question we need to ask ourselves is, how, how do we best experience community within the local church? Now, for us as a church, I mean, honestly, over the last couple of years, this for us has been one of the most important questions that we've been asking uh, internally speaking, because you know, we believe in this principle wholeheartedly. Now, here's what's interesting about the answer, and this may surprise you. The best way to experience community is not what we're doing right now. It's not sitting, it's not sitting and experiencing a one-hour one hour service. Now, don't get me wrong. What we do here is important. And, uh, and we can only experience things in a larger gathering like this that we can't experience in any other way. But the one hour a week that we're here is not the best way and not the primary way God uses to help grow our faith journey. Do you know what it is? Community is. Relationships are. You see, community doesn't happen in a row. It can't happen in a row. You know, think about this. You know, we're, we're all sitting in a row right now. What is the only thing that you can see about the person ahead of you right now? The back of their head, right? That's all you can see is the back of their head. Listen, you're not doing any community looking at the back of someone's head. Let's be honest. Now, some of you, you have people sitting to your right or to your left, and, and maybe you know that person. Maybe you don't know that person. You know, if they have their arm around you, hopefully you know that person. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you may not know them, but here's the thing. You, you aren't looking at each other for most of this service, you know? And, and, you know, for some of you, you know, you have people that are looking at you and you wish they weren't looking at you throughout this service. But here's the thing. Reality is, you know, we cannot, we cannot do community in a row. And here's the thing. Roles are important. I mean, we, we come and we get to just experience some things. We get to learn and be challenged and all that stuff. But here's the problem with roles. Roles don't know. 
Rose don't know. Rose don't know what's really going on inside of you. Rose don't know the doubts that you're dealing with and the discouragement. Rose don't know uh, just the, the struggles that you're having in your life, that you're like, they just keep coming back, they just keep coming back, and they just keep coming back. And it doesn't matter how much I pray, they just keep coming back. You know, Rose don't know if you're having relational issues. Rose just don't know that. But circles, community for us, always happens, always takes place in circles. Now, intuitively, we know this. You know, if you've, if you've ever been in love, if you've ever dated someone, most likely uh, you went to the movies together. And you know what? You know, you're in a movie theater, you sit in a row. And let's be honest, some great things happen sitting in a row in a movie theater, right, guys? I mean, you some of your best moves, you know, you thought you were cool, you weren't, you know, and I've done the same thing, I know, trust me, I know. You know, you thought you were making the moves, and you know, some great moves happened in a movie theater, but I bet you, think about this, think about this. Would you have fallen in love with that person if just every day, every time you were out, that's all you did was sit in the movie theater, and you just sat in a row? Would that happen? No. No. When did you fall in love? When you were in a circle. When you were in a circle. When you were out for coffee or you were out for dinner. You know, when you were in a place and you were in an environment that created meaningful conversation together. You know, that's why, because our, our, God's primary way for growing us is to get into a circle. To get in community. Now, in the church world, roles matter. But God designed the church to have rows and circles. In fact, the very first church, the church in Jerusalem, I mean, first day, they grew by a couple thousand. And so they had to figure out the best way to organize themselves so people could, could really grow in, in, in their faith journey. And a guy named Luke, who was there, recorded all this for us. And here's how he said they, they organized themselves. He says, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now, the temple courts, uh, this is this, this big gathering spot, and it was really big. I mean, you could fit thousands of people in the temple courts, and so that, that's what they would do. But then they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And so they had the big gathering, but then they, they broke down in, into homes, and so they could get in circles and experience community together. And you know what? The same thing we believe the same thing is true today, that we have the big gatherings like we do here, but then we want people to, to go into homes where they can experience community, and we experience community in a circle. Now, the way we experience community here at the Ridge is what we call this. We call small groups. Now, I've had people ask me, well, what happens in a small group, you know, because I've never been in one, what happens? And let me tell you what happens at all of our small groups. So you, 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 go, you go to a home, and then there's going to be about 15 candles lit okay, in a circle, and then everybody's got to gather in the circle, and then what happens is, is that you have to, you have to start chanting for about 15 minutes, and don't worry, you're given a sheet, I know you don't know the chance, we got them for you, and then when everyone's done chanting after 15 minutes, then everybody has to go around and share their deepest, darkest sin, and here's the great thing about that, that's only the first night, you know, it gets, it gets even better after that, no, that's not what happens, some of you are like, I knew it, I knew it, no, here, here's what a small group is. A small group is really a group of six, six to 15 people, roughly. And uh, you get together for time of connection, time of learning, and then, and then a time of just applying what you learn. And um, if, if, you know, for here, depending on what campus you're at, including online, uh, we have all different, all different types of groups. And I tell you, we're so committed to getting people in circles, and, and maybe you don't know this, 
that as a, a main part of our, our Ridge Kids and what goes on at Ridge Kids and Ridge Students, there is always a time for people to get into circles because we just believe it just happens best in circles. Now, I, some of you who have, have never stepped into a circle or maybe you just resisted stepping into a circle, you've probably resisted because you have really, really good reasons for doing so. In fact, you know, for, for some of you, uh, one of the reasons why you have not stepped into a circle is because you think a small group is a lot like a fitness center, you know? And, uh, and, and you're thinking, well, a fitness center is where people go to get in shape. Not exactly. Research shows that most of the people that, that uh, are members of a gym, they actually, they are already in shape, and so they go there to stay in shape. You know, for many of us, that's exactly what we think a, a small group's like. It's like, well, I'm not going to be a part of a small group because, you know what, my life is not in shape. My relationships aren't in shape. My family's not in shape. My finances aren't in shape. I mean, I'm not going to go there because I'm not in shape and everybody else is. There's actually a gym in Chicago. This is really kind of cool. There's actually a gym in Chicago that you can't become a member unless you want to lose at least 50 pounds. 50 pounds. And the owners say that fitness centers, gyms, can, can often be their, their own worst enemy. And they say that the people that, that need help the most feel, don't feel comfortable in coming. And I think for many of us, as we look at connecting in a small group, that, that's how we kind of feel. It's like the people that need it the most, we go, look, I need that. I mean, I could really experience for that. But I don't want to go into a small group because I know everybody there, I look around, and, they're, and they're, they're spiritually in shape, and I'm not spiritually in shape. But here's what you need to know. Everybody in a small group, starting with me, definitely is not in spiritual shape. We all have areas of our life that we're dealing with doubt and discouragement, and we've got relational fallout. Uh, we've got all sorts of things going on. Nobody has their life together, but that's the great thing about being in a small group. We're all a work in progress. God's at work in all of our lives. So it's a great place for imperfect people to get together and take steps on their faith journey together. Now, I know for some of you, you're going, I don't need to be in a small group because I've got like 655 friends on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, you know. And, and listen, if that's true, great. I hope you have 1,260 friends. I mean, you keep having friends. But here's the thing about social media. Social media is a great place to, to communicate with people, to stay in touch with people. But we can't experience God's designed community on social media. You know, for some of you, 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 you come here and uh, you come here almost every week and love that you come here every week and uh, you sit in a row. In fact, you know, you sit in the same row and the same seat in a row every week. In fact, when someone sits there, you give them a dirty look and they have to leave, you know. <laughs> and uh, when the service is done, you know, you may say hi to a couple people. You know, you pick up your, you know, your kid and Ridge kids, hopefully, and uh, you, you head out. And when you drive away, uh, when you drive away, that is the last meaningful conversation you have with a, a follower of Jesus until the following week because you haven't taken the step to get in a circle. And here's, I just, I just want you to know, listen, if you don't get in a circle, when you stop at the row, you limit greatly how much you can grow. In fact, some of you, it's kind of like, you know, it's the same old, same old, same old. It's probably because you haven't invited some people into your life and get into a circle. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, I just, I, I, I don't need this right now. Because, I mean, I got a lot going on, and life is busy, and, and, and all that stuff, and, and I, just can't, I just can't give another night to being in community. And listen, I, I mean, I get that. Life is busy. It's probably the biggest obstacle 
for many of us. But, here, but here's what I want you to know. As crazy as you're running, crazy as you're running with life, here's what I want you to know. Life is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. And for all of us, there's just going to be this point in our life where we hit, you know, whether it be a bump in the road or a crater or a huge hole in, in the road of our life. And if we don't have a circle of people around us, it could devastate us and shatter our faith. You know, some of the, the saddest, toughest calls that we get here as a church is when someone is going through a crisis, whether it be a relational crisis, you know, anxiety, death in the family, whatever, whatever it may be. And we'll ask them, hey, are you in a group? And the answer will be, no, no, I know we should have, but we just, we just never thought about doing it. And here's the thing, as a local church, we'll always help. I mean, that's what we're here for. We will always help. But I'm always thinking when I hear those stories, I'm thinking how much better it would have been if there would have been a circle of people who knew them and who were there with them as they walked through that crisis in their life. You see, when I think about community, I think community is a lot like saving for retirement. You know, we don't need it right now, but we're going to need it one day. You know, you save for it now so you can experience the return later. My name is Justin. My name's Brianna. I am Justin's fiance. We've been going in the Ridge together for about three years. Uh, I think we both have a similar story about how it was really difficult for us to kind of decide that we wanted to do group. We both kind of fought the idea of coming to group. Um, we were both really nervous to talk about the things that we talk about at group with different people and kind of open up that way. Our friends and our family were pushing us to do it and God was pushing us to do it, but we were kind of fighting back. Um, and one day we were just talking about it and we said, let's just, let's just try it and if it doesn't work, then we don't have to do it anymore. Um, and we went to uh, Group Link. We didn't expect it to be as great of an experience as it was. Uh, we, we drove together to our first group. Um, we were both very nervous. I think the car ride was, it was going back and forth. Should we just turn around? Should we, <laughs> should we do it? Would they even know if we didn't go? We just kind of were, were trying to not let ourselves go. And when we got there, um, it took us a couple minutes to get out of the car. Yeah, like right when we walked through the door, you had like that just gut-wrenching thing in your throat and you didn't want to go. You didn't want to walk in because you didn't know what you were going to expect. But um, when you walked in and you saw everyone's face and they all had a smile, none of them looked like they didn't want to be there. They all, they all wanted to be there for a specific reason and it was to follow Jesus and um, be a support system to one another. That first group night was done. We both walked out and um, it was like the best feeling we could have ever felt. We took another breath and it was just like, like why didn't we do this sooner? I think um, our group always pushes us to um, continue with our faith journey and continue taking steps. And I think honestly, we wouldn't know where to go without our group. If we never went to Group Link, I probably would still be the shy little girl that barely wants to go to church you just meet a lot of new people. Um, we've attended weddings from our group and we hang out with our group members very often. And it's just like you've built another family with people in church. I feel like a lot of people are uh, nervous to go to Group Link um, and they kind of push away because of that. 
Um, and we were too, it, we, we were nervous, we, were, we fought it for a long time and I think just doing, just going, and I think once you get there and you see all the, the faces smiling at you and the people coming up to you and introducing themselves, it's really a lot more than you think it is. You have a lot more friendships from it, um, and you really have a big support system from it. I think um, being nervous about going there is a good thing because it's important to you, and I think just changing your mindset of, I'm nervous because I don't want to do it, um, to like, I'm nervous because it's that important to me, uh, is a big a big step in your faith. You know, one of the things I love about that story is you can just hear that principle throughout. You know, just cannot achieve our full personal and, and just spiritual potential without the help of others. And uh, just so you know, uh, Don and I are in a group. This isn't a you thing. This is a we thing. We need this as well. And uh, there's times we don't want to go to group, and then we'll, we'll go and then we'll leave there and we're like, man, I'm so glad we went. That was so helpful for us. And so as, as I was kind of just wrap up my time, I just want to challenge three groups of people. And uh, the first group I want to challenge is just those of you who are not, not in a group. And uh, maybe you never have been in a group. And just what I want to challenge you with is, is to jump in one. You know, it's kind of like the Home Depot commercials say, you know, you can do it, we can help. And we're going to tell you in a minute uh, how, we, how you can do that. And if you're here and if you're, you say, I'm not a Christian, I want to encourage you to jump in the group and jump in a group. I'm telling you, you would, be, you would greatly benefit from being in a group. Now, the second group I want to challenge is those who are already in a group. And I just want you to reaffirm your commitment. I know some groups have already started, but I just want you to jump back in and uh, begin to get groups rolling again. Ours are going to get rolling uh, pretty quick, clear as well. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. And just be active in your group. Be active. Uh, uh, help others. And also just, just share more about your story. And, uh, and that's a great way to help others as well as to help yourself. And then the last group is uh, those who used to be in a group. And uh, just for whatever reason, it's not a guilt thing, okay? Just whatever reason, I know life happens and all that stuff. Uh, I want you to just to jump back into a group. And uh, I, I want you to be a part of a group because, you know, we, we all need community. Now, some of you, you were in a group, whether it be in the spring or this is the why you left, and it just wasn't a good connection for you. It's okay. Just find a new group. Our, our concern is, is that you're connected. You see, my, my prayer for all of us, is that we would experience just that our God-given potential. And I believe that's experienced through a growing relationship with Jesus. And the way we experience a growing relationship with Jesus is in a growing relationship with one another. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you um, just for the, the fact that we all need community. And God, when we experience it, there's nothing like it. There's nothing better. And God, I would pray that every single person here and every single person watching that is not in a circle would just take the risk, take the chance, and get in one. God, thank you for the hundreds and hundreds of people that already do meet, meet in circles. May this, this next group season just be a real special time, a real sacred time, where we see some, just some significant relationships built and significant steps taken. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.